Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of The Standard is the Standard. That's the Behind the Steel Curtain flagship podcast. And joining me as always is my co-host, Lance Williams. Lance, it is early Sunday morning, I guess. Well, it's, it's still morning over there for you on the West Coast. How's it going? I'm doing great, man. You know, I want to apologize for my bacon neck on this shirt. Yeah, I don't apologize for that. This is... I got a little bacon neck. You see Jeff's, you know, Jeff's collar on his shirt is, you know, really nice on that Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right. That nice pin shirt. Yes. So I apologize for the bacon neck. <laughs> but, um, you know, I am yeah, giving the old school. I mean, this is probably about 12, 10, 12 years old here. That hat was two. I think that was the year they went to the Super Bowl and lost to Green Bay. That was 2010. Nice, nice call, Jeff. I, I try to keep a nice new lid. I think I'm going to get the gray training camp one because uh, yeah. my birthday is coming up very soon. So I think I'm going to get that for my birthday. The thing for me is uh, with hats is that for, I have a really big head, but for the, the front of the hat, it can't be structured like the super structured hats. They look really stupid on my head. So I have to get a very selective with the hats that I buy. I can't tell. I'm looking at your head in the video. You got it. <laughs> you, you got you got an eight pack. You got like a seven and seven eights. Seven. You got three, like seven and three eights. Oh, okay. I thought you was going seven, seven and eights, eight and yeah. a quarter. No, no, Bruce, no, no, not that big. No, Bruce no. Bochi head boy. That's, That's where you need a uh, you need to go to an awning supply company just to get your hat made yeah. or something. <laughs> no, that that's like steroid head size. You're above <laughs> Barry eight. Bond, like when Barry Bonds was uh, exactly. in San Francisco. There you go. His head grew three sizes that day. All right. <laughs> As someone's asking, Austin in the live chat said, do we have a flat bill or a baseball cap? Man, I'm a baseball player. If I heart, bend the bill on your hat. If you want to look like a ball player, if you want to wear a hat on your head, bend the bill. I can't do the flat back, the snap back stuff. No thanks. That's not me. Yeah, I agree. I'm old school, so absolutely. But the good thing about it now with the flex fit caps, a lot of those, I guess they call them dad caps. A lot of those come with the bill bent already, so you don't have to. Dad caps? Go Why are you dad caps? I don't know, because old dads like myself wear them, and young guys wear the uh, flat bill, which looks terrible. Yes. I can't do those. And it's those off to the side and everything. It's like, ah, I don't know. Well, you know that's scientific, Jeff. I think that's they say, left-handers. I thought it was right-handers that you, you put it slightly off. I've always been told it was lefties. Put their okay. hats on a little bit crooked, unless you're talking about someone like CC Sabathia who purposefully tilted. No, I know my hat is always slightly off to the right. It's huh. never straight. There you go. You but learn something I, every day. Yeah, but I was originally a lefty though, uh, but my dad turned me right-handed. Hey, is... you, you come here for your Steelers news, and you get nothing but hat talk for the first five minutes. So there you go. <laughs> Let's get into the Pittsburgh Steelers news. The title of this episode is how turnovers, both types of turnovers, your giveaways and takeaways will define the 2019 Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, before people in the live chat say, oh my gosh, well, this is obvious turnover. It's not always that obvious. And I would venture to say that it's not turnovers every year that dictate success of the team. I believe that health dictates success of the team. But in the Steelers situation last year, only taking away the ball, not much. The exact stats, let's let's give this to you. Last year, they had eight interceptions, seven 
fumble recoveries for a total of 15 takeaways. That's it. They turned the ball over 26 times for a minus 11 differential. And we're going to be referencing that differential a lot during this show. Uh, everything about it, giveaways, takeaways. But Lance, it was at an almost an all-time low last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of taking the football away. What do you see, before we get into the numbers, about this team and the changes that have been made, or maybe there's nothing that you see, that shows tells you things could be different in 2019? I think when you look at the acquisition of Nelson in the corner, from Kansas City, who had four interceptions last year, which would have been the most on the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. You bring in Barron and you bring in Bush. You bring in a lot more speed to your defense. And it also thinks, I think it gives you the versatility to play some packages differently. And the more speed that you have laterally and vertically on your defense puts you in position to be in position to get more turnovers. So I, I think they have addressed it with the people that they've brought in, both in the draft and in free agency. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing that's really crazy for me is that if you look at the sack totals that the Steelers have had the last two seasons, it hasn't equated to turnovers in terms of interceptions. And that's weird because most of the time you look at the team that gets to the quarterback the most, you're looking at someone that's forcing passes, errant throws. It just didn't happen. Now, last year, there were a lot of drops. There were interceptions that should have been made that weren't. Um, but I agree with you that the free agent, especially, especially Nelson, Everyone wants to talk about how he's the most targeted cornerback in the NFL last year. You mentioned up, you brought up the great point. This is like a month ago, and we talked about Steven Nelson about how the Chiefs scored so many points last year that they're always ahead and they're always playing with a lead. And so, because of that, the other the opposition is going to have to throw the ball to get back into it. So your your past defense statistics are going to be a little skewed there. But Mark Barron gets his hands on the football. He also had a lot of pass breakups last year. Even if you want to go back to you know look at Justin Lane, maybe the chances that he gets on the field, he is another player that is known to get his hands on the football. Might not always intercept it, but absolutely getting his hands on the football. So last year was bad. Almost a franchise worst. It might have been the worst. I think it was second. I think Dave Schofield said on the Steelers preview it was the second lowest total in franchise history for takeaways. So looking at this, Lance, what do you think is a realistic number for a jump from 15 to what in 2019? Let me let me mention your previous point with okay. the sacks and, and you being surprised that you didn't get the turnovers with the sacks. I mean, it's symbiotic, right? It, it it's well, you would think they got over 15. It's it's, 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 it, it's it's typically symbiotic, but 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 to 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 the point, the sacks are the first part of it, right? And pressure. And so sacks and pressure, hopefully you get fumbles through sacks. And hopefully with pressure, by generating that number of sacks, you force quarterbacks into errant and bad decisions. After you force them into errant throws and or bad decisions, you have to have guys close to the football to complete the play. So the turnover is the dot on the I, so to speak, for the pressure and the sacks. If you're getting sacks, hopefully you can get strip sacks. If you're getting a ton of pressure and sacks, the quarterback makes errant throws. You have ball players in the area of where the football is being thrown. 
and then you make the play. So if you don't have guys in those areas as a result of the pressure, you're not going to intercept the football. So in some certain circumstances, the pressure may lead to incompletions, but not to turnovers. So they they have to get guys in those areas to be able to make those plays. And hopefully when you put more speed and more dynamic playmakers on the field, guys can make up that space to where they can make those plays and get their hands on the football and be around the football more. I can think of two two plays last season that are perfect illustrations of what you just talked about. The one was week two at Tampa Bay. I think it was week two. It might have been week three. I don't, I don't know. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is pressured, and he throws an interception to Bud Dupree, pick six. Remember that game. Then you remember the Thursday night game against Carolina at Heinz Field. Cam Newton's pressured, throws an interception to Vince Williams, and he takes it to the house, pick six. Very good points about pressure versus sack production. And I would be curious, and I don't know if this is an do you know, do they have pressure stats? Is that an official statistic for you know defense? That that would be a really good one to look at. Yeah, they do. They 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 have pressure, not pressures. I think it's pressures. I don't think it's hurries. I could take a look at it and and I'll and I'll answer you because I have the uh game books okay. um online. Maybe that's something we talk about next week. So um, back to the, the, the question that I gave you, uh, the 15 turnovers, what do you think is a realistic jump for this defense in 2019 from a numbers perspective? 15 is quite low. I mean, 15 yeah. is, is historically low and I, I'm looking at the takeaway numbers here, um, in the national football league, There's only one team that was worse last year. Yeah, so no, it's two, I'm sorry, two. Detroit had 14. Green Bay had 15. Tied for 15. Detroit had 14, and San Francisco had seven. Holy cow! They went a whole season and had seven turnovers. Take away. The, the top 10 number of takeaways was 26. That was Indianapolis, Seattle, and Washington. No, no, no. So Chicago had 36. No, no. I'm just saying the mid, the like the rank. Oh, okay, the, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, rank just the actual rank of 10th. Yeah. So I'm going to say to get to 26, the Steelers would have to have 11 additional. I think that's a big jump. I think a realistic jump is 21. 2021, put them at the number of Dallas and the Giants last year. The Giants had 21. Dallas had 20. I think a jump to that number is probably realistic. That gives them additional an additional six takeaways. I think that's about the number. Or if I if I wanted to just to pad the range a little bit bigger, I say in the range of let's say 23 to 18, somewhere in that range. Okay. Well, I tell you what, I mean eight if you only go to 18, yikes. That's that's not good at all. Um but 21, I, I could see 21. I could see upwards. I, I would say the range, in my opinion, is going to be 20 to 25. I don't think there's any way it's as bad as it was last year. And this is one of the situations I look at it and say, when you're at the bottom of the barrel, there's only one way to go, and that's up. I don't think this defense, for as much scrutiny as it gets, is a San Francisco 49ers seven takeaways bad. I think that they're a good group. I like how they pressure the quarterback. They get to the quarterback a lot. I think they're due for some more turnovers. Nelson will help. I think Terrell Edmonds having another year under his belt will help. You talked about safeties in your, yeah, I said it show last week. 
um, and how the very thin at depth, but at the same time, the starting tandem I like. Um, let's go to the flip side. And so the Steelers, if we're talking about takeaways, giveaways, let's talk about giveaways for a second. And they had 15, I'm sorry, they had 17 interceptions and nine fumbles, 26 total. That's a minus 11 differential. We're not worried about the differential yet. 17 and nine, 26. Which way do you see that trending? Because we've talked about Roethlisberger can continually to be around 10 interceptions. That's kind of his career mark, 10 to 13, nine fumbles. Where do you see that headed next season? I think the fumbles will go down because Steven Ridley won't play. He had two. And so two of the nine were Ridley, uh, James Connor, the Terminator. I think he had, had a bad, he had a bad turnover in the first game of the season in Cleveland. I think that goes down. So you got four turnovers, four fumbles, excuse me, from two players. So I think the fumble number will go down, and I think that the interception number will go down. I think Ben will throw less than 16. I'll put it around 12 for Ben. I'll put it at five turnovers, or excuse me, five fumbles. So I'll put the turnover number at a minus four. So I'm going to, let, let's just say I'm feeling nice today. I'm feeling joyous. I'm going to say 20 giveaways. So you said roughly 21 takeaways, 20 giveaways. That would put them on the positive one side, correct? Yes. Okay. I think that's reasonable. I think they're going to be around even. That's just the way that they've trended. If they're, I do want them to be on the positive side because something we talked about before we went on the air, Lance, was looking at the teams that made the playoffs last year and where they fell on this differential chart. So, Lance, go ahead and spit off the, the top teams, and there is a correlation between the teams that are successful that make the playoffs and their turnover, takeaway, giveaway, takeaway, differential. So I'm just give you guys both conferences all at once because you'll see how it jumps out. Seattle was number one in plus minus at plus 15. Then you got Houston plus 13, Chicago plus 12, the Rams plus 11, New England plus 11, Kansas City plus nine, New Orleans plus eight. So that's the first seven teams to make the playoffs were all at a plus ratio. Indianapolis was a plus two. The Chargers were plus one. So you can look at the positive correlation between turnover margin and making the playoffs. So I think the only team to be negative was Baltimore at a minus three and Philadelphia at a minus six. Yeah. So what that tells you is if you're winning the plus minus in terms of turnovers, you're going to have a good season more than likely. And I think the biggest reason for that is it's just simple. When you turn someone over, you take away an opportunity for that team to score. When you get the ball back, that gives you another opportunity to score. This is probably a Dave Schofield question, but in terms of possessions, I would probably put the average number of possessions in a football game at around nine. Anywhere between eight and ten possessions in a game is probably about average. Ten is probably a lot. It's probably closer to eight. So if you're talking about eight to ten possessions and somebody is taking a possession away from you and you're getting an extra one, you have a significant advantage in a football game. No, you're exactly right. And so, I, you know, 
I think the outliers are the Baltimore's and the Philadelphia Eagles at minus six and minus uh, three, respectively. Uh, it's just you also look at, but there are outliers on the other end too. You know, Cleveland was my was plus seven, Denver plus seven, Washington plus seven, Miami plus five, the Giants plus two. All these teams did not make the playoffs yet. We're at the higher end in the top half, almost the top third of the giveaway takeaway differential. The one thing, like you said, though, that can't be stated enough, especially with an offense that looks like they're going to have enough firepower to score points is that the more possessions you give them, the better they are. And the Steelers last year were very, very good red zone offensive team. And so if you give them a couple more looks, you have to think they're going to cash in more often than not. If that trend continues and that's a whole nother episode, in and of itself. But I, to your, to your point, ahead. Jeff, about teams like the Giants and the outlier is they were so bad on offense that they probably needed to generate even more turnovers to be a good offense. Right? So they needed even more possessions than their, tur- their positive turnover margin gave them. So they probably needed to be, you know, a plus 12 you know, a plus 14, they probably needed to be like Chicago. And that's probably why Chicago was so good was because their defense generated so many turnovers because their offense wasn't really good. Trubisky, they scored points, but that's as a reflection of all of the extra possessions that they got because Trubisky was an average player. So it all it all, it all works itself out based on your team so like you said if you're an explosive offense you only need a few you you only need a few takeaways you know getting you know being a plus two or a plus three when you're a great offense is probably all you need to take you over the top but on the opposite hand if you're a bad offense you need as many takeaways as possible Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It brings me to something you said last week. We were talking about, um, or it may have been two weeks ago. Last week's show didn't happen, technically, because we had technical issues with YouTube. But um, it brought me back to when you said how there were the previous te- the defenses of the early 2000s, that you would sit there and you would say, I know they're going to make a play. It has been a long time since we've had a defense, and I say we as in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fan base, has had a defense to watch that you had that feeling of they're going to make a play. Most recently, the feeling has been we gave them the ball back with too much time, we're done. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I just, you know, you, I, I feel like the variables are there for this to start to come to fruition. You know, it's the, the sacks, you mentioned the, the quarterback hurries and pressures earlier in the show, the players that are capable in the back end. I mean, I think that Steven Nelson is a huge upgrade over Cody Sensabaugh. Um, Joe Hayden proved to be very, very good last year, even at his age. 
And then you throw in Edmonds with another year, Bush in the, in the inside. I don't think people should downplay Devin Bush's athleticism in terms of coverage. If you read the reports from OTAs, the most impressive part of this kid's game so far has been his coverage skills, his speed, his ability to cover the tight end. He's 4-4-40 speed, very athletic, and I know it's football and shorts, but when it comes to covering someone, you can pretty much duplicate that anywhere. So I, I personally think that this defense should be close to that defense of they're going to make a play and maybe praying that they're further away from the defense of the past few years, which is, oh boy, here we go. Am I right? And I know, yeah, I'm, positive. I mean, I know I'm the positive guy. I know I'm the positive guy, but I just feel like they're at least headed in that direction. I think they're headed to a point where there's more balance on the football team. I think we thought in the last few years that this was an offensive team, that wherever the offense would take them, that's where they would get. And the offense was going to have to drive this bus and the defense was going to have to be a support. I think we're getting closer to the point where it's a more balanced team where both sides of the ball will equally share in the burden of making a successful team. And to your point about Cody Sensabaugh, you mentioned Cody Sensabaugh. Cody Sensabaugh, the reason why you don't get interceptions is Cody Sensabaugh, he can't get close to the football because of his physical, uh, his lack of ability as a football player and some of the physical things that he lacks. He has to give ground. He has to give cushion. He has to get space. He has to give space. So he can't make up that space if there's an errant throw because he's given up seven to eight yards of cushion because he's immediately in a backpedal because he's scared somebody's going to run by him. Those guys don't get interceptions because they're not really good. They're not sound, good players, not athletic, and they're not in position to be around the ball to take advantage of all of that excellent pressure that Watt and those guys are given. Okay, so my over-under question for you today, and we t we've been doing these about one, one every show, and the over-under is defensive interception, so defensive takeaways via interception, not total takeaways. They had eight last year. I'm going to put the over-under at 12. What are your thoughts on that? As I shuffle this list and I look at 12, 12 last year would have been 18th in the National Football League. That was Cincinnati, Minnesota, New Orleans, Seattle, and Baltimore. Top 10 was 15. So ninth was 15th, and the first was Chicago at 27. 27 interceptions. That is just that's absolute. Yeah. That's absolutely unreal. I mean, Miami was unreal with 21, and they stunk. And, and, and largely, a team like Miami getting 21 interceptions is Xavier Rhodes. Um, as well as teams just, you know, thinking they had a bad pass defense and they're going at them. Um, with all that said, I think they're, they can be middle of the road. I like that 14 number. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I say they go from eight to about 14. So I'm going to add an additional six interceptions i'm gonna i'm gonna factor in nelson's gonna get some picks Edmonds and, and and davis are gonna get some picks as well as bush are gonna get some picks so i'm gonna say a plus six i'll put them at 14 okay i can i'm gonna say over as well but i was gonna say 13 i think there's gonna be an uptick i just don't know if it's gonna be as 
dramatic. And if they had 14, I, that's not that far off from what I said. So 13 is what my number is. That's the over under there. Um, okay. There's a question I want to ask you. I wrote an article today about, um, about the the Steelers, it was my letter from the editor, which I, I run on Sunday, so we talk about that a lot on the show. Last week was the two football games that nearly killed me. Um, I talked about that on on both shows. Um, this time, you know, people like to use the term diehard. Like, I'm a diehard fan, you know? I'm a diehard fan. And my wife, she'll be around people, and someone will say, oh, my husband's a huge Steeler fan. And she gets really uncomfortable because she's afraid that they're not going to match my knowledge of the team, which is unfair because I have to know a lot about the team. I, I write about the team every single day. I have to know what's going on in OTAs. I have to know the no-name kicker that they just picked up to compete with Chris Boss. I, I have to know that stuff. So I, I say I always tell her it's unfair, okay? But she she gets nervous. My question for you, Lance, is if someone's going to label themselves as a diehard fan, what would you what would your criteria be for that? Because we've all met those fans that are sitting in a bar somewhere and they yeah, I'm the biggest Steeler fan everywhere, and they don't know any receiver other than Juju Smith Schuster, which they butcher his last name anyways. Um, they don't know anyone but Ben Roethlisberger. They pine for cower power and stuff like that. So Lance, if you were to label some criteria to be a diehard Steeler fan, what would your criteria be? I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one qualification, just at minimum one. You have to do this one thing to be considered, to even be considered a diehard fan. You have to make the pilgrimage to Pittsburgh. Oh, that's a good one. I never thought about that. You, you got to make the pilgrimage to Pittsburgh. You got to go to a home, to a home game in Heinz. You have to. You are a diehard if you make the pilgrimage to Mecca and go to a home game on the north side. Yes, you are a diehard. You've got to get on the plane. You've got to go fly. And you've got to say that you've gone to one Steeler home game. Now, me, it's easy. I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm from the north side. I'm from Manchester. I grew up 10 minutes from Three River Stadium. So I've gone to games in Three Rivers. I went to Heinz the first year the stadium opened. Actually, I went to a preseason game that year and watched T. Martin play quarterback. So you know I'm a diehard, yeah, right? Yeah. You every, got, every, you gotta every, go. You gotta go to one Steeler home game to be considered a diehard. Everyone has their own criteria, and that's what I'm finding out because we've had like over 20 people comment on this article already, and I'm, I'm hoping there's more that check it out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Mine was more knowledge-based. Um, my criteria was you don't have to know all nine players that they drafted, where they went to school, but I love it when I can talk to a fan, even if it's at the grocery store or if it's at an, a social gathering. And like, yeah, I'm a Steeler fan, and I could say, man, what do you think about that right tackle battle this year? And they not only know that Marcus Gilbert was the tackle, that Marcus Gilbert was traded to Arizona, what he was traded for, six-round draft pick, and the three guys that are vying for that spot on the team. That I leave that saying, that guy knows his stuff, or that gal knows her stuff, because I've, I've talked to many females that are very knowledgeable about the team. I guess what kind of gets me is I, I've, seen, I've met too many people, both at work, and in my personal life that say I'm the number one Steeler fan. And Dave Schofield, I talked to him about this. 
And he said the number one thing for him is you have to watch the games. Period. Well, of course. That, well, that's, it, that's, but, that's... but there are people that don't. There are people like, ah, you know, I had to go to a wine tasting and I missed the game. What? No, you're not a diehard fan then because a diehard fan is not going to go to a wine tasting. And I'm not cutting on you, Lance, because I hate you wine tastings. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, you know, for me, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm looking at it saying, I don't miss games. I can't tell you the last time I have missed a, a, a Steeler game. This was this goes way back before I was the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It became my job to write the game recap and to do the post game podcast with Lance and stuff like that. Um, that so it's, it's interesting to see other, everyone's different. Um, everyone's different take. But Lance, the thing is about traveling to Pittsburgh. I mean, there's some people that live across, on the other side of the world. And getting to Pittsburgh is a challenge, but if they knew the players and they know everything about the team, that's tough. Your criteria is tough. Yeah, man. Hey, that's die hard, man. You gotta, you got, you gotta, you gotta make the trip. You gotta come to Pittsburgh, and you you gotta kind of feel the energy of the city and why we love the team so much, why the team means so much, and, and why you just gotta feel that. I mean, when you come to Pittsburgh and you're immersed in it, you feel it. Like, my wife's not even a Steeler fan. She's a San Francisco 49er fan. She's from San Francisco. We do root against each other's team when we go to the game. She's in her Niner stuff. I'm in my Steeler stuff. We'll be at the game this year. We'll be going to the game this year. Um, She was just blown away by, you know, when she came and she saw the Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know, coming through the airport. And she saw the Tyrannosaurus Rex with a Steeler jersey on. She was just like, why did they put a Steeler jersey on a dinosaur in an airport? Then we go to all these different places, the south side. We go to the north side. We go to different museums. We're downtown. We're everywhere. And this is like kind of off-season-ish. And everybody has Steeler hats on, Steeler jerseys on. It's like, I swear, it's like June, maybe July. And she's like... People wear Steelers stuff every day. Yes. People are talking about the Steelers every day. She's like, it's the off season. There's not a game on Sunday. So you have to feel that passion. And you have to feel that love for the black and gold. And you only get it when you immerse yourself in it. And it's like, you know, diving into Lake Minnetonka. Like a purple raid, you have to <laughs> baptize yourself in Lake Minnetonka and just feel that gritty passion uh, of the black and gold. So that's what my thing. Diehard fan, make the pilgrimage, come to Mecca and watch a game in the black and gold. Watch it in Heinz Field. Feel that energy. Feel that love. Feel that passion. And get a Roethlisberger sandwich from my local sandwich spot, Peppy's, around the corner on Western Avenue. I need to go there. I've never been there. Never you got to go to Peppy's. You got to go to Peppy's, man. Permanis is whack. Peppy's <laughs> is the spot. Peppy's <laughs> on Western okay. Avenue in Manchester on the north side. That's my community sandwich shop. And then you can go get some fried zucchini at Shamrock next door. Now, my question for you is that with your criteria, the caveat, does preseason count? Yeah, it does count. It, it okay. counts. Make right. the trip. Make okay. the trip. Come feel the energy. Make the trip. Like, you shouldn't come. Like, if you can only come once, don't come to preseason. I mean, don't be crazy like me and come to a preseason game because I couldn't make it any time, other time that year, but I wanted to go to Heinz 
when it opened. So I went to a preseason game. In fact, that weekend, I went to a Pirates game and a Steeler game on the same weekend nice. when uh, PNC first opened. So I think I was there when PNC first opened and when Hines opened. So that year was also the year we lost Willie Stargell, 2001. So rest of the Yes, peace. yes. Alameda Zone, Alameda, California. And, you know, Dave Schofield is in the live chat, and a couple other people have said that if for some reason you can't make it to a game, going to training camp um, is definitely something, but it's not the same. I, I, you know, I understand training camp is awesome and you get to mingle with the players and you get to see practice, but when you get, when you walk into Heinz Field for the first time, and it is like you're amongst family, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a pretty awesome experience. I've, I've been to training camp as well. I've been out to Latrobe, and it was hot as all get out. Um, I've never been back because it was too hot. I was like, this is hot. <laughs> like, I'm roasting. Uh, let me go get a brew. But, yeah, I've done both. So, you know I'm a diehard. So, I, I've been to camp. I've been to home games. I've saved my ticket stubs. You know, all yeah. types of stuff. So I'm so great. Everyone has their own criteria. So like Lance's is getting to the stadium, and I agree with that. And and Dave Schofield is, as he says in the live chat, don't talk to me on Tuesday and not even know the result of the game on Sunday. And for me, it's you have to – you can't, like, show up. You can't week one ready to sit down and watch the Steelers and Patriots on Sunday night and say – well, what happened to Antonio Brown? Or where's Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> if you did that, I mean, I, I would be like, get get out of my house. Like you're, you gotta leave. Like you gotta go. You know. So I'm it, gonna give it, you the it, number two criteria. Let me give you my my second criteria. You yeah. gotta listen to our pod. Ah, yeah. you gotta listen to our pod. Diehard fans listen to our pod because we're better than the national dudes. They don't dig into it like we do. You gotta listen to our pod. You gotta listen specifically to the post-game show and the flagship show. The standard is a standard. So if I run into you and you've got the BTSC podcast and you're subscribed, I know you're a diehard because we give it to you hard. So I know you're yeah. a diehard. Well, and, and that's the thing is I've always said that our podcast platform, every single show, there's five of them. If, if you're someone that just loves the Steelers, you would be dumb not to listen and not to share it with your friends because – I listen to national sports talk, okay? And, like, right now I have to suffer through – and I, I, I'm fine with listening about the NBA and the NHL, but I want to hear about the – I want to hear about football. I love football. And every time they talk about football, even if it was, like, Carson Wentz was, oh, my gosh, he just got a new contract. I want to hear about football. If you like the Steelers, man, go to any podcast platform, Spotify, a, I, Apple, uh, Tunes, Google, whatever – Download the podcast. You can listen to it in your car if you're at the gym. Um, big shout out to Felicia who, dang, hit us up with twenty bucks. Lance at the uh, in the live chat said, "I'm going to my first Steelers home game September 30th." She's been on two Steelers cruises. She listens to our podcast. We she's uh -oh. a contributor. I read Steelers.com articles. Hopefully, you're reading behind the steel curtain.com articles too. My car was voted last June as car of the week on Steeler Nation Unite. Hashtag, hey, Lake, hey, hashtag Lake Charles. Louisiana. Hey, hey, big up, Felicia. <laughs> Instead of by Felicia, is hey, Felicia. Very good. Yeah, that's awesome. That is really, uh, Felicia, all the, for as much as you love the Steelers, from the moment you step into Heinz Hood for the first time, it'll change everything. Oh, it'll yes. And, and Felicia, you got to go to the strip district yep. and go get gear. Go to the strip district. There's a ton of Steelers spots. The, the non-licensed gear, man. 
<laughs> go to the strip district, get you a Primanis because Primanis is in the strip. You can get you a, a Primanis sandwich and you can go and get a shit ton. Yes, I said that. Of mouth. Steelers gear. Get a ton of Steelers gear. And there's some nice museums down. If you want to get a nice historical perspective of Pittsburgh, there's a very nice museum in the Strip District as well. The Strip District is awesome. You will have a blast. Go get you some gear. Go get you a Primanis. Hey, Felicia, I'm going to apologize already. The food is not very healthy in Pittsburgh. So work out a ton before you go because you are going to put on probably seven. All that, got, all, yeah, the, all, that, all those starches and cheese and Get grease pierogies. and Get fries and pierogies. J- just go have fun. It, it, you know, don't feel guilty from all that bad food you're going to eat because you're going to eat a ton of bad food, but you're going to have a blast. Absolutely. And she just threw another 10 bucks already saying, cool, thanks for the info. The one thing I've never done when I've gone to Pittsburgh, I've always parked at the uh, the Science Center right next to the field. And it's expensive, but it's right next to the field um is taking the the clipper across the river i've never parked downtown and then taking the the shuttle the butt the boat over which something dave schofield said he does every time he goes he says it's pretty cool when you're all on the on the you know you're going over the river and you see heinz field and everyone's together yeah, yeah. so you've never been to mount washington or i have or also yeah. I've have been you been to, and all that stuff yeah have you been to the grand concourse over in station square and had the brunch. It's, That's a know, great place to go. The last drink. time I went to Station Square, wasn't that where Rod Woodson's Bar and Grill was? Yes, yes. I used to frequent that spot. And yeah. I, yes, yeah, so I was one of those where I, I, that was the last time I was at Station Square. It's been a long time since I've been to Station Square. But now Felicia, uh, go to Jerome. Felicia, go to Jerome Bettis's place. It's a good place. Yeah, it, uh, that's great. Like, I've been there several times, and that's a, a really good food. It's really close to everything. If you even go to a baseball game, go to Jerome Bettis' place. Don't go to Heinz Ward's place because it closed down. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, entrepreneurism is not for everyone. So um, those that are wondering, like, why are we reading Felicia's questions and stuff? It's because she's using the Super Chat feature. Um, If you're watching live on YouTube, where you can enter in your chat to the right is a Super Chat feature where if you hit that little money symbol, you can donate any amount of money to the show guaranteed to answer your question for instance snowman earlier in the show i knew i was i was going to get back to it he used the super chat feature for two dollars he said how is isaiah bugs looking in otas and uh i honestly have not heard much about him i was thinking about the other day i've heard a little bit about every draft pick except for him we've heard a ton about devin bush we've heard a ton about um Deontay Johnson, about Justin Lane, about Benny Snell Jr., even Zach Gentry. In the sixth-round picks, we've all heard of them. Even the seventh-round pick, Derwin Gray, about him playing left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. He's trying to do as much as he can to make this football team. Uh, I haven't heard much about Isaiah Bugs. That is a really good point. I'm going to do some digging, see what I can find. But, folks, if you use that Super Chat feature, we guarantee we will answer your question no doubt about it. So we thank everyone for the money. It goes straight to the show. We appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate it. And Lance and I, and throughout the dead months, if you don't know what that is, that is we have mini camp this week, the Steelers from the 11th 
to the 13th is mandatory minicamp. That'll be a lot of news, and it'll be the last news that you get until training camp. Knock on wood, because any news that happens in between that and training camp is bad news. Someone's getting arrested. Someone's getting suspended. Someone's doing something they're not supposed to, other than maybe a contract extension or moving money around. We don't want to hear any news, but we might be unveiling some new podcasts, and we're going to talk about that during that time. And, and we need to do some stuff on the back end first before we make that announcement. But keep your eyes out for that in the coming uh, the coming months. So, Lance, is there anything else you wanted to discuss before we call it a show? No, I don't. I don't think there's anything else I want to discuss. But I do want to say one thing. Hey, Felicia. <laughs> I second that. I second that. I don't need to say that at the same time. So look, uh, make sure you check out all of our shows. This is recorded a lot to give you the schedule. A lot of people have asked. Um, Lance posted it on his Instagram, but um, to give you the schedule, this is our show. The standard is the standard is recorded live on YouTube on Sunday. It is published on behind the steel curtain on Monday. And then on Monday night is live. Um, I'm sorry, it's it's not on YouTube, but this is a podcast is uh, the Steelers hangover. It is published on Tuesday on behind the steel curtain.com Wednesday only in podcast form is Lance's show. Yeah, I said it. That's when Wednesday morning is when his show runs on behind the steel curtain.com. And then Thursday night, we record the Steelers. I'm sorry, Wednesday night, I record live on YouTube, the Steelers burning question which then runs on Thursday. Thursday night is the Steelers preview, which runs on Friday. In other words, from Sunday to Friday, you have some form of Steelers content to check out. So make sure you check it out for all the people that, and I can't tell you enough to honestly share this stuff. Yeah, we, we get people that search YouTube and just find our shows. But if you know someone that likes the Steelers and you enjoy our podcast, send it their way. You know what we got to do, Jeff? What's that? Uh, and before I say that, I want to tease my show. The next, yeah, I said it. I'm talking about why I think, or yeah, I said it. Uh, Vince Williams will not play much in 2019. So make sure you tune in for that. But you know what we need to do, Jeff? What's that? We, we need to meet up, me, you, Dave, and Brian. And we all need to go to a game. We need to well, go. When to is, when to is, go to this game. is something my wife is, because people don't know this. I've never met Lance Williams in person. I have talked to him on the phone. I have done shows with him for like the last five years. And I have never, I've never met Chris Carter uh, either. He's another one that I've never met in person. He lives in Pittsburgh. When's your next trip to Pittsburgh? I don't know. Well, well if we could plan around this, when then it'll be, that'll be my next trip in Pittsburgh. Cause it's easy for me. I have places to stay. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's Cause all I have to do though. is take a trip to Wheeling where my family I'm from. And then I'll just drive the 45 minutes north. Yeah, yeah. It's just pretty easy for you guys. We'll, we'll have to figure that out. Like, we'll have to. It would be fun to have somebody record us at the game or watch a game. Something about all of us being, like, in the same spot somehow watching a game and interacting maybe with we could do a behind the steel, Maybe we could do, like, a behind-the-steel curtain watch party. And we could, invite, like that. We could invite fans and people that have followed the shows and have yeah. followed the website. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we get like six people come. Get the wheels going. We'll get the wheels moving. We'll see what we can do. But yeah, figure that out. Lance playoff game would be great. Playoff game would be great if you do it man. around. That's well that's yeah we get the possibility. I have a lot of know, work to do on game days though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know they're going to playoffs. I mean so oh yeah. You can yeah, have Simon time. Chester do all your work. Let Simon do the work. 
Simon go, could do some of the work. He could do and, some of it, yeah. And we go hang out considering Simon is that guy. He's, over, Simon he's can across the it. pond, man. I've never met him either. <laughs> <laughs> Simon could handle it. Simon was huge in high school. That guy, he's, he posted one of his high school picks when he was playing football. Man, that guy was huge. Big dude. Yeah, big dude. Definitely big dude. But you want me to end it? You want me to send yeah, us yeah, out? Send us out. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Hey, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week on another episode.